Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to Puma Podcast. Sabi ko, ang dami nilang pera na na-amaze ako ba kung bakit kami, hirap kami sa buhay. John Taperla used to work as house help for a rich family in Mandawe, Cebu. Kahit anong, anong kaayod, kulang pa rin. Ganyan. She remembers marveling at her employer's wealth. Her own family couldn't seem to do anything to lift themselves out of poverty. But she built a good relationship with the mother of the household. Ko na yung amo kong babae. And one day, Joan says, she got some advice. Her employer told her, look, Here's something that won't be difficult at all. Why not be my assistant? And then, bali po ma, yung sweldo ng asawa ko po is hindi magkasya sa aming mag-anak. Dahil kukulangin. Kasi may mga anak akong nag-aaral. Tsaka may mga, mga babayarin, katulad ako yun, tubig at yung pang-araw-araw na pangangailangan po ng mga anak ko at amin po. Joan is a mother of five. Her husband was a construction worker. Money was far from ever enough. She took her employer up on the invitation. She became an assistant to a distributor of illegal drugs. Alam mo naman, tao tayo. May matinding pangangailangan. Hmm. Ganun po, ma'am. Umayon po ako sa gusto niya na ako ang silbing carrier ng mga ano niya, pinagpawan. And then, sa simula po, ma'am, kukonti-konti lang, ganyan. She started slow with small amounts, but she got deeper into it. They were making more runs, and after less than a year, Joan and her husband were arrested in April 2018. And then... Hanggang ngayon, andito na. Ito na kami sa Mandawi, si Pijel, kaming mag-asawa. Ako po si Robby Alampay, Puma Podcast. If you're joining us just now, we are in episode 7 of season 2 of Tokhang sa Tokhang. At ako si Gideon Lasco, editor ng Drugs and Philippine Society, which came out two years ago with the Ateneo de Manila Press. We are taking stock of the Philippine government's war on drugs. How far former President Rodrigo Duterte had taken all of us, and how much further, and in which direction, President Bongbong Marcos and the rest of Philippine society are looking to go. When they were jailed, Joan and her husband found themselves in a dysfunctional and notoriously corrupt correctional system. Her former bosses, the husband-wife tandem that roped Joan and her husband in, 
they are no longer in detention with her. One was released two years ago, the other four years ago. Ano yung wala is, dito, nakastay na. Hindi ko ma- kung ano ang kustisya sa Pilipinas. Joan is still inside. But while in detention, she enrolled in a training program. She now volunteers as a certified paralegal from within the same system from which she has yet to exit. She took part in a program developed by the alternative law group Street Law Philippines, designed for women deprived of liberty and the jail officers who take care of them. John completed that program while in Mandawi City Jail. Here he shares her experience with the journalist Ijo Ramos. Ano po yung pinakatumatak sa inyo doon sa mga training po ninyo bilang paralegal aides? Ah, yung tumatak po ma'am is yung sa ano, yung sa hulihan ba? While she helps others who have been arrested and incarcerated, Joan says her training made her realize the injustices that brought and have kept many Filipinos, the poor like her especially, in prison. For example, she recalls she and her husband were arrested without warrant. Yung sa warrantless, sabi ko nga, oo nga, no? sa, akin, sa akin, hindi hinuli ako na walang warrant. So ako mag-ano doon. Pero hindi, hindi ko na ano ma, maipaglaban kasi nandito pa ako sa loob ma. Pero mm-hmm. sa ngayon, sa nalaman ko is, pwede ko ano sa abogado na ganyan ang nangyari sa akin. Uh, yung, yung pagkahuli is, pwede ba yung walang warrant is basta ka nalang huhuluhin, papasasamahin. She did not know, she said, that something like this could be something her own lawyers could have used. The police simply told her to go with them. Wala naman sila nasabi sa akin at hinuli na ako na walang warrant. Kaya nga natutunan ko yun sa paralegal. Had she known what she now knows as a paralegal, Joan says, she would have refused. She would have demanded to see a warrant. And now that she's a paralegal helping others, Joan sees that her circumstance is quite typical. And typical in the fact that practically everybody she meets in jail is poor. Sa akin lang ho, sa tingin ko, talagang dalawang mukha para lang sa mga may pera. Here we get into the demographics of prison, di ba? Yung mga taong nakikita natin sa preso, yung mga naaaresto. Joan says, and she can attest that her personal experience is karamihan ng kasama niya may hirap like her. But what do the numbers tell us? Well, it's definitely affirmed by what we see in terms of the profile of people who are deprived of liberty. I was just in a conference with some of our criminal justice reform advocates and they were saying that some people are yung mga nakakulong ngayon 2028 pa yung kanilang next hearing and that's para lang magkaroon sila ng opportunity to see a judge they're presumed innocent so they're even saying na mas okay pa yung nasa prison ka kaya sa na meron ka ng conviction as compared to you're in jail because of the conditions and because in the first place, you're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. 
That's actually something, Gideon, that I think we need to emphasize here, no? especially for people who are not familiar with the Philippine legal, correctional, and justice system. She is in Mandawe City Jail. And when we say jail in the Philippines, you're essentially just detained pending your trial. It, it is different from prison, where prison is reserved at a higher level for people who have already been convicted. So we have to remind here, Joan has been in detention for five years as of this recording, but the reality is she is still undergoing trial. She is still officially innocent. And of course, even though it's the same process, even though all the steps are completely consistent with their rules and guidelines, if we compare someone like Joan with someone like yung anak ni Justice Secretary, di ba? I mean, these are both people who were charged with a drug offense. But the time that it took for this record-breaking case is in stark contrast with the experience of 99%, I would say, of people who are arrested for these drug offenses. In Geneva, uh, in UN human rights hearings, this is one thing that they presented and confronted our Philippine justice officials with, the reality that 75% of people in detention are still in pre-trial phase. These are still people who, as we said, have been waiting for years just to get to see a judge. I remember Raymond Narag, one of our scholars and one of our leading experts on the Philippine justice system, particularly our correctional systems. Sinabi niya, you don't even need to look at research data to have a common sense idea of who are in these cells. There are many offenses that are actually bailable, even among drug charges, diba? small amounts and so on. But the fact that the majority of people never post bail, even for years on running, he says, is its own evidence. Now, the only reason, obviously, that they're not posting bail is because they don't have money to post bail. Speaking of Raymond Narag, he himself went through that system. So he speaks with authority and with experience. And I remember in one of our co-authored pieces, I was struck by what he said, and it's reflected in what we wrote. Sabi namin dito, we have to ask hard questions of our justice system. Why are there so many people in jail in the first place? Why is the trial process taking so long? Sabi dito, this is very significant. We have now the most crowded correctional facilities and longest trial proceedings in the world. Even as the price to keep one prisoner per year is the same price to send two scholars to a public university. The inefficiency and the injustice and the illogic of it all. Ironically, Gideon, that is only one problem with the Philippine jails and prisons. The other problem that our conversations with Joan also now hint at and that you also alluded to already, is the milieu itself. For example, Joan and her husband have languished in a prison system that officials themselves acknowledge is its own evidence and symptoms of why the illegal drug trade and crimes 
are so hard to uproot in the Philippines. Parang ano ba tawag dyan? Believe it or not? <laughs> That's Bureau of Corrections Director General Gregorio Katapang making light of a common pun Filipinos have for the National Penitentiary in Manila, the National Bilibid Prisons, or simply Bilibid. This hole found inside the Philippine National Penitentiary is estimated to be 30 meters deep. That was supposed to be a treasure hunt for Yamasita Treasure. Uh, originally, I was told by, by Director General Bantag about it, and I told him to stop it. Believe it or not, Filipinos, like Katapang himself say, whenever the Bilibid is exposed in the news as being a hotbed, a breeding ground in fact, for more and more sophisticated criminal operations. The head of the Philippine Justice Department is cleaning house inside the country's most famous high-security prison after finding inmates there were living in the lap of luxury. Every year, it seems that the BUCOR and DOJ make a show of seizing hundreds, if not thousands, of contraband from prison facilities, the believed above all. Not just improvised bladed weapons, but everything from liquor to drugs, and tellingly, in tandem with narcotics, cell phones. Former National Police Chief Bato de la Rosa says the phones especially confirm that drug operations are actually run by crime bosses from right inside the prisons. De La Rosa is now a senator who also once served as Bureau of Corrections chief. He was the first chief implementer of former President Duterte's notorious war on drugs. No, ang nangyari dyan is sila lang nagkukontrol yung mga tao sa loob na mga konviktadong drug lord, patuloy pa rin negosyo na sa labas. They continue to call the shots from inside, De La Rosa told the news program Head Start on ABS-CBN News Channel. Paano mo sila mapahinto na hindi na sila takot dahil nakakulong na sila eh. Hindi na sila maaristo dahil arestado na sila, di ba? What is there for them to fear, the now senator says. You cannot send them to prison. They're already in prison. You cannot arrest them. They were arrested a long time ago. But even more ironic, as officials, detainees, and advocates for persons deprived of liberty say, the Philippine correction system can actually create, breed, and harden detainees. It can introduce them to criminal activities, the drug trade included. There are attempts to clean up the maximum security compound and all prisons and detention facilities. During the time of then-Justice Secretary Leila Dilima, they tore down luxury suites of high-profile inmates at the Bilibid. And this year, the newly appointed Bureau of Corrections Chief Gregorio Katapang fired the compound superintendent along with 700 prison guards. I am relieving all personnel assigned at the maximum security compound to include its commander, and they will be replaced by new guards. You will undergo retraining. And you will be also assigned in other uh, prison and penal farm. 
Yung mga CCTV na nilalagay ko, binabaliktad nyo pa para mabantayan na kayo ng maigi. Ayaw nyo magpa-CCTV. So, outright the violation of specific orders. Yung incoming guards, pagpunta nyo dito, diretso na kayo sa post, sa post nyo. Wala nang laker-laker. Kasi doon na nagkakapalitan eh. Imagine na Money changes hands at prison guards' lockers, Katapang says. Anong purpose nung dami niyong pera dala? Di ba dapat wala na kayong dalang pera pag pumangag-post kayo? Kasi wala naman kayong bibilihin dyan, magbabantay lang kayo. The image is so visceral and so ridiculous. The chief says prison guard uniforms will henceforth have no pockets. They will also ban cell phones, officials say rentable to detainees for thousands of pesos per use, on top of investing in body cams for their personnel. There's a plan to transfer to new facilities by 2028, in which at least 30,000 inmates will be transferred to other facilities. It's not just about decongesting a beloved complex bursting at its seams. It's also plainly about physically breaking apart criminal syndicates that have laid down roots, networked, and festered at the National Penitentiary. Gideon, I'm glad you mentioned that it's, you know, it's physically breaking apart. You can imagine from the stories that officials themselves have said and shared and showed to media, you literally see the physical setup in these compounds. But this is a physical breaking up. What about the other realities beyond just physically separating people? But that kind of an environment where syndicates do continue and actually thrive and now have a symbiotic relationship with corrupt officials, what does that bread? We, we talk about Joan and her husband, and now they are you know, wading in, in this kind of milieu. What do you imagine that does to people like them? When we look at prisons and jails, they're what the sociologist Goffman calls total institutions in the sense that they have their own rules, diba? When you're inside, they have their own authority figures, they have their own society, almost. And in the Philippines, our colleague, the sociologist Ging Gutierrez, Philomene Gutierrez, studied the roles of mga pangkat or gangs in everyday prison life. And one of her findings is that they really end up having to join some of these gangs, or at least one of these gangs, for protection. And that they have to survive, diba? Even if you could survive in an environment like that, it brings to mind two questions. How do you survive in an environment like that? And two, if you survive, what kind of person or creature emerges. Sir Raymond Darag uses the term criminogenic environment of prison and jail, meaning to say na it actually engenders crime, diba? You get into contact with people, with different criminal syndicates. Many of them are in their 20s. Some of them are teenagers. And diba, gusto pa nalang babaan yung age of criminal responsibility so that they can also detain just like adults, even children. So, ano na lang yung magiging effective sa buhay nila? So, all of these things, Robbie, make us question, ano ba yung goal natin sa 
criminal justice system, diba? Is the goal to make people languish in jail and basically corrupt their lives? Or is it to improve them or to improve their own quality of life and also society as well? Our justice system is not fulfilling what people call restorative justice or some kind of justice that's far from the punitive regime that we see. And that's unacceptable. I think one problem, Robbie, is that ito yung mga tao na walang simpatya ang lipunan eh. Diba? Pag sinabing, eh, mga ano naman yan eh, kriminal naman yan. We also have to go back to the context of why they fell into that anyway. As we've discussed in past episodes, if you consider the objectives of a restorative justice system, you have to go all the way back to the roots of crime and to the roots of temptations. Diba? And kung bakit, as we say sa Pilipino, bakit may mga kumakapit sa patalim? Napakahirap ko dito sa loob. But hindi ko, hindi ko ma-explain. So I want to bring the conversation back to Joan. And I'm bringing back her story because we've been talking about persons deprived of liberty. Who can testify to how people can fall into a life of crime after they get arrested. Tapos wala kang mapagsasabihan. Ilan-ilanan yung mga tao. Close mo dito. At mapagsasabihan. May mga roles dito na ipinapatupad. Hindi ka maaring lumapag. She is also trying to steer clear of that possibility for herself. She wants to work her way out of the detention facility by educating herself. Ako po si Robbie Alampay, Puma Podcast. At ako naman po si Gideon Lasco. You've been listening to Tokhang sa Tokhang Season 2. Basta sa akin, ang justisya is para sa tao talaga, pero para lang sa mga may pera. This episode was written by Kat Ventura. Additional series research and writing by Bella Perez Rubio and Franco Luna. These were put together by Trisha Aquino and Mark Casillan. Sound designed by Nina Toralba. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to Tokhang sa Tokhang on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or kung saan man kayo podcast. And please do share it with a friend. Maraming salamat po. Tokhang sa Tokhang.